Hey, what's going on, y'all? And welcome in to a brand new edition of the Hold That Podcast podcast. Uh, T-Bob Bear and Brody Miller with you as we are each and every week. Um, if you heard the chatter at the beginning of last episode, that was an artistic choice. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to do it this week. Uh, no, I just forgot to cut off the, the, the front end I of defended our conversation. you because two different people asked me about it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I think he was just going for kind of like a, you know, real a cold slice, open. Of, a cold a real open. slice of life yes. thing. You know, yes. like this is how they really are. But no, he was just busy. Uh, but, but, but it wasn't, I mean, it was like appropriate. Uh, conversation wasn't it like like it was there like, wasn't anything like oh it, no yeah, it wasn't I think bad, we were talking about the Alabama Georgia Indiana strength coach triangle going on <laughs> yeah uh, all right so welcome in though uh, brand new episode T Bob Brody with you uh, subscribe to the Athletic so. that's where Brody works it's, it's very good it's where you site. work uh, and it you is are an where, athletic employee technically uh, su- no they might not, not employ- be- a contractor uh, not until I get a paycheck so yeah, yeah it, once once we see a paycheck that you are in business with status. the Athletic but uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Athletic and buy all of your meats from Abear Specialty Meats right over there in the Bocage area if you're listening from uh, Baton Rouge so we have a lot. Talk about the day, Brody. Spring football is back. Spring practice officially underway. I was in Cabo uh, when it opened up, so I did not get to go. You were really flexing on social media. It was was, not needed. You must have been. I I was actually so jealous of you because I was sitting there, and I'm at Mango Deck, and there's bikinis everywhere and contests, and I have like 30 margaritas, and I got all my best friends with me, and I even saw some of my childhood friends that I hadn't seen in years who are randomly in Cabo in a bachelor party, and they're vastly more successful than me, and they're buying hundreds of shots, (laughs) and so we're just like- Now I have to drink them. Yeah, Yeah, and and then the whole time, I'm just thinking like, man, if only- I could be on the Ponderosa over there at Baton Rouge watching individual and stretching, but unfortunately, I was at Mango Deck and Cabo. No, it was a cool moment for me, too, because I'm walking around the other practice fields, and there's the players aren't even in that and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is why I got into this. Like, oh, this is... The best. It's cool to meet your dreams, you it's know? It's, it's cool to really see what you always wanted to do. I mean, like, like I, I don't know if there's anything better. Like, as much fun as going to Nowhere Bar and Squid Row was, I don't think there's anything better than a good attendance report at a spring practice yeah. i mean who's out who's in it's it just the athletic you know oh yeah. it gets my it gets my goosebumps going no, man yeah um so with that in mind then while i was off having to you know not have as much fun as you uh how, how was the <laughs> opening of practice because it's 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 kind of an interesting time for lsu where it's one thing to win a championship, right? But but like, what what, what was the kind of vibe like yeah. did you get from from the 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 start of what is essentially, even though you've already started this, the weight room? Spring is kind of the you could argue the start of the new football season. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of new. I think that's the thing to focus on. It was just a lot of different vibes. It's for, whether you start with hey, Miles Brennan's what everyone's videotaping now, or you yep. look at Bo Pelini's running linebacker drills, and let let me tell you, it's a very different vibe. Than when Dave Aranda was running linebacker <laughs> drills, it's a lot more cursing and just kind of fieriness to it. And and he was probably I'm not saying he's putting it on for the cameras, but like you know the, you know the reporters are out there. And he's like, who am I not? You know to? it's day yeah. one. Yeah, you're just you're just you're you, he he was you're going to show what you're all about. Absolutely. Basically, you're, you're gonna, yeah. you get let the people know. And yeah, it's a lot of that. You know, just a lot of. You know, Scott Linehan's out there. Oh, no more Justin Jefferson. Who's the first? Who's the first team in the three receivers? Racing yeah. McMath was. You know, things like that. You know, I think so. It's a lot of just discovering things, and also it's a big day, as you know, for just 
you know, they let us hang for like 25 minutes, which is more than usual. Oh, wow. And, uh, and yeah, it's just kind of more, you can, a lot of it's just talking to people. You can just kind of wander around and talk to people and learn some things about what's going on with the team. And That is the actual value of attending practice. That's the only practice. reason I go. The, the only reason. Yeah, yeah, every time is just getting to talk to like Jack or whoever, like just whoever, whoever's out there just kind of shooting the shit, figuring out what's going on. Um, I guess, should we start with Miles Brennan? I mean, yeah. that that seems like the obvious starting point here. I think it is. First time seeing him uh, as the guy. I thought that, I don't know how you took it, I took O's comments on Brennan to be sincere when he was yeah. talking about how, you know, he's kicked ass in this offseason, we think he's championship quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And I, that has been backed up by other things that I've heard. Absolutely. Uh, which you can confirm with sources if you want, Brody. Okay. Well, uh, very so, inside baseball. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah. No, we, we OTB broke a story this morning. Brody, being a good reporter, confirmed it, and and I don't know why, but Jordy and <laughs> there Jordy's just got bad. I don't like, know. He's crediting you for breaking news. Yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? He's clowning him for confirming it. Uh, now, now that said, though, I have heard. Yes. That Brennan actually kicked ass during fourth quarter. Yeah. During the workouts. Like, he was winning all the reps. He's been watching film like crazy. He's been up in those coaches' offices doing a lot of the things that ultimately that is what I think brought Joe Burrow to the next level. You know how, like, every ex-athlete has regrets? My biggest regret is I never did, like, that, yeah. that extra, extra shit. Like, yeah, I mean, I would watch film, but I wasn't, like— probably committing as much time to the shit, all this stuff. It seems like Brennan is following in Burrow's footsteps in that respect. And that is the big question mark with him, right? I mean, everyone knows he's got a big arm. Everyone yeah. knows those he's got he's put, added the weight, things like that. It was it was just a matter of Joe Burrow is the most hyper-competitive human being that I personally ever covered. <laughs> it's like, all right, there's going to be a drop-off there, right? So that was the question. It's, it's, it's how much is Miles Brennan going to buy into those things? How much does he actually give a shit, for lack of a better term? You know, I think those are the things you're looking for. So, yeah, and, and I've heard similar things. I mean, he, or else you always post their their weekly like who won the the week of weight training yeah. stuff and he was always the name on there things like that and so. Moffitt look and Moffitt's real about that stuff he wouldn't just hand that out willy nilly so that means that Burrow is earning that now Burrow earned it wow it is against the other quarterbacks so you know I mean who else I know I was thinking that I'm like yeah <laughs> wow you beat Max Johnson big win but still point stance now that is an interesting point though because I firmly believe that they believe that uh, Miles Brennan is their guy absolutely. I firmly believe that they believe that they also don't have a second guy. And okay. that's got to be a bit concerning. All right, maybe I shouldn't even see they believe. When I look at the roster, yeah. I mean, who is it after Burrow? Max Johnson? I think it's Max Johnson. TJ Finley? Peter, is Peter Pierce still in there? That's a weird thing going on there. Team? Yeah, I think there's more to – we'll find out more in the coming. Oh, maybe. just like Brody uh, kind of hit on the uh, Dare Rosenthal news before everybody. Weren't you <laughs> Weren't you ahead of the curve on – did we talk about I, that I didn't know he's – okay, I'll, I'll be – yeah, those last pod we hinted like, well, they need a left tackle, and I was kind of <laughs> – I did not know he'd be off the team this spring. I knew that there might be some like – some oh. stuff going on. I didn't know he would literally miss the spring. So that was news to me, too. But I knew something. So maybe we're, we're not saying what it's going to be, but maybe take Peter Parrish just out of the – like regardless yeah. of suspension or whatever, we'll take him out of the equation for now. I'll be honest. I don't know everything going on there. I won't pretend I do. Um, but, no, the answer to the thing, I mean, they. I think there's two things I would say is that, of course, Max Johnson's a true freshman early enrollee. You are not going to have any, like, utter confidence in him to be your backup one day in the spring. No. But I have heard from several people like they think Max Johnson is going to be the goods. Like, well, oh, okay. I don't really? know how soon, but they, they like, are really high on him. So my answer to that would be yes, you don't want a true freshman being your backup, but they really like him. 
If, I mean, man, if, if which he, I didn't hear two months ago, I want to be clear. Like, this is recent that they really are high on him. So, since he arrived, yes. is the point there. Which since is, they actually that got means like, more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Since they go actual, like, one on one time with him. Yeah. Uh, I know it's been done to death, but he if he gets really good, the dick jokes will only continue, and uh, there will be more wow. and more and more of them. That kind of went over my head. And on what you never, I never stumbled into never Max, Max Johnson. No, I mean I see it. Obviously. American quarterback yeah. swinging a hammer, throwing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. That's how it works. It really comes. That wasn't even good. I hate that. I, I, I hate, no, I hate that. I like that so much. But that's what I was going to say ten seconds ago. Is well, I'm not even turned off by them. I know they're over. I know they're like by the overdone way overdone and hackneyed and all these things. But I hate. I hate to always do this. I still think it's funny. You do know Indiana's quarterback's name is Michael Penix, like P E N I X. Oh, that's. I mean, that's it's that's so, so good. It's like this whole thing where everybody on that beat is one on ver- typing very carefully at all times. Yeah, you're only one X letter and, away. X and S are next to each other on the keyboard. <laughs> that's a very and one reporter thing to did mess it up, and it was like this whole thing. And and was, what's his first name? Michael. Oh, I know. Max. I know. Max Penis. Can't win them all, or Richard, or something like <laughs> Max that. Max Penis would be so good. But yeah, so that's a, there's so many headline opportunities there. Just It's all in front of us. And it's and so, exactly. And with Max Johnson as well, it's all in front of us. Big, but Big Johnson energy. Yes, Big Johnson energy, but it's all right now about Miles Brennan. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't think that <laughs> this really means too much of anything, but... Um, he looked good slinging it, but he's always yeah. like he's always looked good slinging it, right? Yeah. Like that—that's that's the thing. He, he has a rocket arm. And again, we're, we we've clarified this seven times. We're going to keep doing. We're not making too much out of one practice. We're not, but just kind of little things like SEC how championships can, back in yeah. play. I, mean, I was at ten and three before the first spring practice. After watching a couple Twitter highlights, I'm bumping my predictions up to eleven and two. If they don't go eleven and two, I'm disappointed. Now that's what the bowl win you're saying. Yes, we got confirmed. We yes. got to clarify these no, things. We discussed no. this for ten minutes last time. No, no, you've convinced me there's relevance to it, but you got to yes. clarify when you're saying the record which meaning you mean. Okay, well then then this will be my final clarification. Thank I I am never referring to just the regular season. No, I know, no, no. But what you need to clarify is are you saying 10 and 2 with the bowl win or 11 and 1 with the bowl loss? That's what matters. Oh. That's uh, what matters. Those are very different things. Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. You've convinced me the bowl is part of it. You're right. So I think that LSU guaranteed SEC West champs now is the point. (laughs) Real, yeah. Um, Brendan Sling. But yeah, all I was saying was um, we're not making too much out of it, but. It's not about how good he looks throwing and just does he look like he's in command. You know what I mean? Does he look like he's just taking on like QB1 so what do you things? Think? Did he? Like, did, he looked did it like look- he was acting like a QB1. Yeah. yeah. It's a small thing. Again, not going to act like I'm going to write a ghost story about how in command he looked, but in no pads, but he looked, yeah, he looked like he was taking charge. Uh, he, he had a great quote after the national championship where he basically, it seemed like immediately after, I can't remember when exactly he gave the quote, but. Just paraphrasing it from my memory, it, it was something along the lines of like, yeah, man, you know, Joe did a great job. Joe did his job. He got the championship, but now it's my team. Yeah. And, like, that's the type of alpha quarter, like you said, QB1 attitude that he's going to have to have. And, and and there's nobody I don't know that – well, definitely since I've been covering college football, and, and it's a, you know, a relatively narrow view because for years as a New Orleans, took a lot more saints and anything, but I've never seen a player with as much pressure coming into a season – uh, since I've been covering as as Miles Brennan is going to have this year, yeah, you know, and you know, it's I, I talked to him right before the Peach Bowl, I believe, and it, it wasn't even just a 
it was how matter of fact he was to go back to what you're saying about the attitude stuff. It was just, it wasn't like a, yeah, I hope I can get the job. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'm the quarterback. Like, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't making a big thing of it, but yeah, there, there's not very much precedent for this situation, right? No, because there's no precedent for what Joe Burrow did. There's no precedent for what Joe Burrow did. <laughs> and other quarterbacks who've had holy crap seasons where like, you know, they, they break all these records, you know, whether it be a Sam Bradford and, or a, a, all the Oklahoma quarterbacks are really a great yeah, just, example. Just name any Oklahoma quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <now>. Oklahoma quarterback <laughs> or a Tim Tebow or all these things. It's like it wasn't uncommon there for a quarterback to do well. You know, like oh, Oklahoma. So the, the, the context is why Brennan's so unique. It's that you can't be more or less unique. I'm a terrible writer. I just said wow, so unique. look at you <laughs> catching um, yourself. My college editor River said, yelled at me. River said irregardless today, and I weighed for like I messed that up a lot. I'm not I gonna rip on for somebody like for that. Five minutes whether they say anything, and I eventually just didn't say anything. But, proud of you, honestly. I'm actually proud of you. Yeah, but is that an asshole move not to say anything? A true friend would actually say, and I, and I'm definitely true friends with Rivers. I love her to death. Yeah, so my favorite coworkers we've ever had. I feel like a true friend. But if you do it on the radio, you are no. This would have oh. been off air. This would have been off air. Who? It's tough because. But if you pointed out, wait, it was in public. Like with people nope, around, just, just among oh, us. Oh, then you should told her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so now I'm an asshole again. Wow, great way to go. You're on the fence. Um, You're no, on the bubble. I, I, I just it's I, tournament I, time. You're on the bubble. I didn't want to rock the boat. I just I just let it slide. But yeah, P- PSA. Irregardless, not a word. Regardless means the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, this has been a good podcast. You cannot be more or less unique, yes. Cody. Um, but yes, yeah, the, the LSU context is just so different because. Or even Tim Tebow, he he was replacing Chris Leak, who won a national title, or something like that. You know, it's rare that it's somebody who just took a program that had—I hate to be hyperbolic here—but had basically never had an elite quarterback ever. Yeah, yeah. Have the best quarterback season, depending on your metric, ever. And now you have a guy replacing him that like might be better than anyone else they've ever had before Burrow. And we said well, this is not a unique take, but just. And Burrow, uh, there's nothing like Miles Brennan's situation. Well, and, and and the thing about Burrow is a lot of the guys that you've mentioned, like maybe they have the stats, maybe they have the winning, but like yeah. very few combined both, if any, combined both to the extent that Burrow. Like, did you see the chart that's floating around right now? And my internet's not oh, no. working in this uh, room either. The big right now. game one, yes, the and big that combined game 2018, chart, right? Dude, Oh my God! Yes, Let that even look. factored in his 2018, where his numbers obviously weren't all. Oh, that did impressive. it really? I believe so because I think it was like 12 to 13 top 10 games. I think, but uh, but yeah, because Colin Cowherd, as as one does, um, has been. He well, for whatever reason, look probably because well no I know why because there's a lot of real estate to be had in yes. the anti Burroughs like space 100%. and if you're wrong it doesn't matter but if you're right then you get to be the one like look at all this I built this yeah. I have been here for many years my ancestors were here what's making him look bad and I'm actually a fan's a tricky word but I, I actually admire some things Coward does really well bro he's great at his job yeah but. It's not, he's not even doing his research on some of these things. Yeah, and it's like, he's shooting from the hip I live by hard. one rule in this world. Don't speak confidently about something that I don't know. Yeah. And that's just my one rule in life, I mean, but it's cooler to say one rule. I, um, I used to feel much more convicted on that. I, I, I like to think that I still am. I probably bullshit more than I used to in the past. I used to be more open with admitting when I just don't know something. I try to. Maybe, if you ever – hey, new rule for the show. If you ever catch me bullshitting on something I don't know – just like we'll make like a like pineapple. Well, doesn't that kind of depend on how good your bullshit is? Because how would I catch you if you're like? Right? And that's I mean, the game. Like, yeah, that, that's, that, the that, game. That, that's the game. It's the for rest of those podcasts. It's just a game we play called you know, like Are You Bullshitting? But that's where Coward Are you talking is, out of your ass? That's where Coward is fucked up. Is that he's made a couple like clear factual errors? Like what was the one the, that Rivers well, the, pointed the, the out? The best he, one ever was when he talked to Urban Meyer about 
letting Joe Burrow get out of Ohio. And he's like, we had him. Yes, that is exactly That was like, nothing will ever be worse than that. And there was another one about, uh, he said that Vince Young, he knew Vince Young wasn't going to be good because he reminded him of Tim Tebow. Tebow was before Young. Obviously. No, Tebow was after Young. Yeah, so. That was a bad one. So whatever. So Coward started this, and so he's been really banging the to a drum, right? And so what is, what is now being tagged to him constantly, and yeah, Tua's going to be great. Four-month check looked great. Very happy yeah, for I'm Tua. Team Tua. Want him to kick ass. That's one of the best uh, college quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, he's out of Alabama. I don't give a shit now. I hope he does great. Yeah. I hope he wins every game. Seems nice. Um, yeah, he's, well, yeah, he seems aggressively nice. Yeah. He's like one of those overly we, nice we guys. Now maybe we don't like him because yeah. we don't trust him, like a Russell Wilson. Is that, uh, is that an <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Dude, just like sums up here, man. Yeah. You're so no nice. No that nice. You're so positive. You know who I, maybe this is the jersey in me, but you know who I trust most? Most. Who? The guy is some, someone who's a little bit of a dick to me. That is 1,000% the jersey in you. Yeah. I, I, I have a, one of my best friends, Ali Slack, ass kicker, right? Grew up with me in Atlanta, but went on to be captain of the Harvard swim team. But, you know, so she went from the South. Great to swim the, program. She I've always to, said that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She went from the South to the Northeast, right? And Ooh. she actually loves it, though, because that's her opinion. She's like, all that holding the door and all this or that. Like, her analogy was like, yeah, they're just holding the door so they can look at my ass. There's an honesty in the Northeast that yeah. I can appreciate. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's very matter of fact. It's just like, hey, this is how I feel, and you know where I, you know where you stand with me, and also, like, I'm going to tell you when I'm mad at you. Like, that's love. It's the irregardless. Thing. That's literally what it is. It's are you gonna be polite for some fake notion of kindness? Or are you gonna now, tell somebody? Now how to, I'm gonna defend the stuff. I'm, I'm gonna push back a little bit because I don't think that all politeness uh, comes from a fake place. I think it comes from Agreed. a general like of Situational. other humans. Yes. Uh but but you know, but but there's 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 shades to it. And yes, yeah, some guys are just Fucking around, and I was, whatever. It's the point being, I can appreciate uh, sometimes just how. I was real. really philosophical there, so I'm glad you bring me in. Yeah. yeah, we did, we just we're going to bring it back because I want to talk about the chart. So here it is. <laughs> this is Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Justin Herbert against top ten teams. And you're right, Brody. This is career. So this is not just. So this even factors in Burrow's game against Bama, where they got shut out the and Florida got nothing game where he done. Two picks. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin Herbert was three. And I was actually surprised by how decent Justin Herbert's number was. I guess I was just think about that Auburn game where he disappeared. But Herbert finishes three and one. That's good. Sixty-five percent completion. Good. Eight yards per attempt. Not good. Uh, two hundred nineteen pass yards. Not good. Four touchdowns. Two picks. All right. That's yeah. Actually, that's not that good. Two Tonga Valoa three and two against top ten teams. 60% completion. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, surprised by that? A little lower than I would have expected, yeah. Yeah, for like one of the most efficient because quarterbacks most of, of all time. In most big stages that I remember, he always had good games. Yeah. You know, can't really, I mean, I guess Clemson, but I really can't think of many games where he struggled. No, I mean, think about LSU last year, dude. Uh, 8.9 yards for Tim, very good. Uh, and then he threw about 300 yards a game, 13 touchdowns, 6 picks. Those are good numbers, right? It's yeah. the best competition, winning record. 60% completion, 300 yards, two-to-one touchdown-to-pick ratio. Which is I, haven't, I found the outliers just real quick that actually are interesting. LSU held them to 59% completion percentage in 2018. Okay. Remember they forced that first pick and all that? Yeah, that's right. Georgia held them to 10 of 25. That's the game where Jalen Hurts eventually took over. Okay. No, he did get hurt that game. SEC so, championship. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, Clemson held them in the 60s. So I'm just, yeah, I just huh. found that context interesting. Yeah. Okay, and then and so this is where it gets, this is where it gets crazy, though. It just, again, just shows how wild – LSU's schedule was to this last season. So these other guys played four games and five games. Burrow played 12 games against top 10 teams. That's the important thing, yeah. He went 11-1. and one. 
completed 66% of his passes, 9.3 yards per attempt. He threw for 330 yards a game, and this is where you got to pick your jaw up off the floor. He threw 32 touchdowns to four picks. Yeah. So he had a, I mean, I'm a, math, 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 that's eight to one. <laughs> An eight to one to right? Yeah, it's eight to one. Yeah, an eight to one touchdown to pick ratio against top ten teams. Yeah. And two is two is great at thirteen to six. He was like, the best I've ever seen in my life a quarterback against good teams and again in big situations. I mean, to, that one loss is the is the Alabama game, the twenty nine zero Alabama game. It has to suppose, be. So maybe right? Florida was like eleven. Florida when must that have been eleven at yeah. the time. Um, yeah. No, I mean. Criticizing Joe Burrow for anything like that or criticizing anything about stage, you're just making a fool of yourself. So but We don't need to stay on Burrow too long. He's gone now. No, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're wrapping that up. That that chart's amazing. Joe Burrow's amazing. Uh, but that's the point is that that's what Miles has to follow up. And I feel like he's approaching it in the best way thus far. Now. Now. Outside of quarterback, we got some other news. A lot of change. Dare Rosenthal, not going to be the left tackle since the last podcast ended. Maybe by fall, but not this spring. Yes. Is, he, is he out of school for the spring? Semester. The way Ed Ojean put it was, he is not in school. Yes. Wow. And and a few things. So Ed Ojean said with like some confidence that like they believe he'll be back this summer. Yeah. Now Justin Thomas is another example of that where he was off the team by October, but then now he's fully back by the spring. You know, it's a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. You know, it's always a lot of dynamics you have to tiptoe around there. But so now it's not even just you know oh he's missing spring. It's okay. You are operating like he was your left tackle of the future. Now even though they think he might be back. You still there's uncertainty. It's like hundred percent that he's gonna be back. Then you ask, like, is he gonna miss games? I think that seems like something you kind of spec you probably assume if this is the situation there. So even if he's gonna start- Do you think so we'll just just jump in right there? I feel like if you're missing all of spring, you could maybe get away with not missing games. Like if they're able to say, look, we, he was off the team for all of spring and summer, and then we brought him back in the fall. It's possible. I actually sincerely, I'm speculating, so I don't know. But okay. regardless, like like we're, we do agree, you're less, you can't be confident there now. No, you just can't. hell no. So how does a guy <laughs> respond to that? Right? Yeah. Like there's so much structure in college football. Like every second of your day is planned. Okay. You wake up if you have class, or you go to class. If you have workouts, or you go to workouts, and you have tutoring. Then you have more class. Then you have study hall if your grades aren't good. And it's just it's it's literally everything to the minute is scheduled out for you. So what happens if a kid's already struggling within that structure? What happens when you remove that structure? Yeah. And sometimes you see really good things like Justin Thomas or, yeah. or like Ed Ingram who who stayed ready and, and stayed like and so he was ready to go immediately when he got back. But it can so easily go the opposite direction as well. And uh and I guess I mean I can even speak to this a little bit. I was suspended for a while after I got in trouble in college. I got I got a DWI, which you know was a very low point for me. It ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. I ended up having I had to get my shit straight, and I needed that kind of rock bottom slap to the face to start making better decisions. But but yeah, I was away from was the that? team. Like, um, you? I just turned twenty one, so that would have been I think the spring of twenty ten. So you were like pretty established at that point uh yeah 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 it was not good it was not good well it was good it was good it actually was very good yeah. for me personally and i learned a lot through that whole process and going all these classes and stuff but all that is to say that yeah but i was away from the team but but so you know i just tried to stay ready stay working out stay as close as i could and and maybe dare does that maybe he doesn't but we can't. You'll never know if he's going to be that left tackle now. And and you're already replacing four or five starters in theory. And there were basically 
two to three spots you actually felt pretty confident in, right? Yeah. You felt confident Austin Dacos is your right tackle. You felt confident Ed Ingram is your star at left yep. guard. And then you felt pretty confident Dare Rosenthal was your NFL caliber left tackle. I felt future. really good about they it. They really like him, and you like him. That matters a lot to me. Yeah, and <laughs> that's, that came out so weird. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it came out really pretentious. No, you just know. You just, <laughs> it came from a real place. Like, you really did. No, I, I, I thought it did. I, I didn't take okay. it as pretentious. So yeah. now all of a sudden you're clouded in more question marks, and then you're and again, this isn't a fall problem, but now you're just really thin in the spring, which is going to mess up your reps, which you probably understand better than me. So now Cameron Wire and Thomas Perry are getting left tackle reps this spring. And Cameron Wire is not the different from Rosenthal, where he's another huge 6'6", six, 6'6", six, six, six six athlete with upside. 6'6". Six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> huge athlete with a lot of upside, but I think it, he hasn't, it hadn't really clicked for him. Maybe it will this spring. That might work out for him. Who knows? Mm. But you never know. What a bad place to be a left tackle with no experience whatsoever. That is. And I think they're going to, you know, they have <laughs> no bueno. And you know what's messed up about something like that? Tell me what's messed up. Is if the offensive line struggles, that's going to make Miles Brennan's job yep. so much harder. But the reflection is not, it's not going to reflect on the O line. No, no one's going to be talking about that. Nope. It's going to be the old correlation, causation. They're going to go, they're going to go straight to the talk about how Joe forward. Burrow skittish 2018, which he was, but like because the <laughs> offensive line, like. Um, <laughs> so, I think this means a few things. One, maybe you know, these guys need to develop, sure. But it also means they have three open grad, grad transfer spots. We knew that they were going to look for one linebacker, one an interior lineman, like a center, and the one was going to be the like, best player available. I think I had to clarify this. I've heard the offensive line market and the grad transfer market is very weak right now, and there's mm. really no options that they're excited about yet. So, keep that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, if an offensive tackle comes on, not even necessarily be a starter, but just to give you some depth there, I think offensive tackle would be the third. Because they're surprisingly thin in O-line. Don't they have a walk-on right now at second string it's a, guard? It's a weird thing, right? Where, okay, so you left guards at Ingram. Yeah, their backup right now is they have a walk-on get taking those reps. And, you know, you think like a Xavier Hill is going to come in and take a lot of those reps, for example. But, yeah, I mean, you just you don't have numbers. Right? Or like a Marlon Martinez will also be getting those. So, like, long-term, your depth's fine. But in the spring, you have no depth, basically, on that left side of the line. It's not quite as bad as it was when O first got there, and they literally had eight scholarship O linemen for that spring. Like, I don't know how they did that. That was... It was terrible. Shout out to guys That's before like, I was here. Like, damn, like uh, b- b- uh, what's his name? Why I'm truck driver, bus driver. I mean, not truck driver. There's a guy I played with Michael Smith, bus driver. Yes, thank you. Shout out to Michael Smith who did a lot of dirty work as a walk on that didn't get any love just so you could be able to practice back then. Uh, but yeah, so that's something that recruiting wise, I, I I don't know. Like I feel like there's almost like. Lessons to be learned there is it is it you just need to be do, do, well, or do do you agree with that like do, I mean do, do you sure feel like they, maybe do you feel like they mismanaged because because we talk okay. about positional like roster recruiting like like for numbers even over just getting the best players like roster management did did they make some mistakes do you feel that led them to this thinness or is it just kind of the attrition that of college way, football? because literally two weeks on the show we were saying like. Hey, you know, they have to replace on the O line, but they finally build their depth back up. That's actually like exactly what we were saying on the show. Now, they couldn't have expected, or maybe they could have, that's a different question, but Dare Rose, they couldn't have expected their left tackle to be out. Then you just, you have three freshman alignment coming in that just aren't here yet. That's not like a diss on their recruiting. Yeah. It's just not here yet. Sadiq Charles leaves early, stuff like that. I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry leaves early. I don't know. Maybe there is something to learn from it. But like when you look at the, grand scheme of things you have you're, you're going to be fine left tackle depth big picture you have Dare Rosenthal Cam Wire 
Corey Savage is there. Yeah. Thomas Perry. Marcus Dumeril is going to be coming in. Guard. Yeah, you're going to have right. Tom, Mar- like it's not like their O line pictures in the macro were bad. It's just a unfortunate situation where like four guys they thought probably would have been there just aren't here right now, and they might be there long term. I wonder if you did some like study of like O line attrition nationwide. Yeah. What it would return like because you know how like don't businesses have to budget for what is it, acceptable losses? Or, like, they budget for stuff getting stolen, yes, right? Absolutely. Like, on average, this much stuff gets stolen, so we got to include in the budget. I That'd be if somebody yeah. would run the numbers, and then you, you you take that approach to recruiting. Like I would be intrigued by this that. This is yeah. the attrition at this position. Like, group. cornerback. So LSU I, yes. knows they're going to lose at least one <laughs> underclassman corner every single <laughs> exactly. year, and I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. Uh, so, Darryl Rose is all that's a bit disappointing there, for sure. Uh, but who knows? You know, maybe Cam Wire just steps up and kicks ass. Uh, some of the other interesting news come out of O's press conference. That was the day after we recorded. Uh, yeah. Mar- Mar- Marcel Brooks. And our podcast went up late, so it was yeah. like a lose lose. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But That's Mar- funny. Marcel Brooks and Devontae Lee. So we got the answer of Brooks finally, even though he said he wasn't going to linebacker. He blamed That's linebacker. Pretty bleeding, yeah. And. Devonte Lee, though I I I would have never I, I didn't know this like I, yeah. I thought Devonte Lee was a small guy but apparently no now the word on the streets like uh, I'll be thick Ogeron said at the state championship that he was the best defensive player on the field well, I think that I've part, heard that like a thousand times that was part of his recruitment like when he signed like all the people who know better than me about that like we're saying like he could be either a safety or a receiver at LSU like it was actually a genuine debate what he should play and I and I heard like six weeks into his freshman year like he's gonna be on defense next year oh really I just always thought that was gonna be safety but then I really but then when someone someone actually floated the idea to me in January and ever since then I've been like that makes a lot of sense because we've been talking about Jacoby Stevens right about yeah. like man he should be a 4-3 linebacker that make a lot of sense Devontae Lee's actually the exact very 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 similar body type. Yeah. They're both like what? 6'1, 6'2, 225, like thick guys. So it's a similar thing. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize he was about I didn't know he was up to 220. I'll pull it up as we speak. But yeah, I mean no, he's a big or guy. You keep talking, I'll pull it yeah. up. Yeah. So and now actually you have like a piece of clay to mold while like Stevens, you actually would have been moving him and taking away from something he's already good at. You know, like I think Lee makes a lot of sense there. Do I expect Lee to be ready to play in games as like a key contributor year one in that role? Maybe not, but I could definitely. I don't know. I mean, why it's not? Po- oh, it's possible. Yeah, just, why not, right? There's playing time to be had. I'm big on hedging my bets and saying, well, he's a fr- he's first time playing it. Yeah, you see, you don't want a cowherd. You're just, I'm, the, so you're, you're I'm the, absolutely a coward. Yeah, you're the full inverse of cowherd where you. 6'1, 223. Hey, Brody, if you don't stand for anything, if you fall, you'll fall for nothing. No, I think if, that's you don't, it. if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That's it. Yeah, yeah. there we go. We got yeah, I mean, I am absolutely a hedger. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I'm a coward in that sense. Uh, I'm somebody who will take a team at minus four, and then when the line goes up, I'll take the other team at plus six. <laughs> that's just being smart. You get on Devontae Lee's stock early, but then you hedge it later. Uh, yeah, so Devontae Lee now, man, going to be playing linebacker. And from a playing time perspective, it makes so much sense. There's no time to be had at receiver right now. None. It's, it is a log jam. It also you got more guys coming, yeah. It also makes it so easy to see why guys like Rakeem Jarrett and some of these others during recruiting are maybe like, I just, maybe I will like go somewhere else where I can almost guaranteed start freshman year. And yeah, I just think Devontae Lee is so much upside there. That my point was, yeah, about him not playing right away is like, he might be a stud down the road. Like yeah, maybe he redshirts this year. I'm not projecting that because they need linebackers, so he very well may start. But I'm saying like the upside there is pretty big because he's a receiver. He's an athlete. He's a modern linebacker, which will also lead us to Brooks, where it's like yeah. maybe we need to – this may be something I need to learn. I'm not saying I already do this, but like 
learn to just reframe what I think of as a linebacker because we get so stuck in this like old school like Brian Erlacher linebacker type, and that's not what you need anymore. You need Patrick Queen types. Yeah, you know that's what you need. That guy who's fast and can get sideline to side. No, like nowadays, like Jacob Phillips is almost the exception to that, where yeah. he looked like the more old school. Like I'm just a freaking animal. I just like huge out here. No, to me. That move started, or that that kind of transition, I feel like, at LSU started with, like, uh, Deion Jones and all the success yep. that he had. Even though I played with some guys who are maybe a bit more undersized, like Lamine, Deion Jones, Duke Riley, uh, and so Brooks and Lee, they kind of continue that. And what's interesting on this LSU defense as it stands, and we can talk about what Bo Pelini wants to do defensively, is that at a time where you're getting smaller linebacker, you're just getting bigger and bigger on that defensive line, too. So if they can eat up those blocks, then LSU's linebackers in that 4-3 can fully take advantage of their speed, sideline to sideline. Absolutely, and I guess that also leads us to Marcel Brooks, which is, I think, probably the most fascinating. I mean, people might think of a receiver moving to linebackers more fascinating, but I think Marcel Brooks is because he's a guy who's a man without a position. That's what he was for a long time. Yep. You know, he doesn't probably not good enough in coverage to be a safety, not big enough to be a true like edge rusher. You know, like what is his long term projection? I was genuinely surprised when Ogeron said he's gonna be playing like four three linebacker. And it almost reminds me of the Divinity thing when we talked about it. and you and I were kind of like in August even saying, like, I know Michael Divinity's a really good football player, I know he's a good communicator, all those things, but like just the way he plays and body type, I just like never saw him as a linebacker, no. like a true one. Like just not him, but Maybe we're mis- maybe we're wrong. See, I feel like I feel like I I, I don't know though. I, I feel like with Davinia, I didn't see the fit. I I feel that I can see it with Brooks because I mean he's big now. What he's about two oh five right now. Does that much weight? Yeah, you can put on ten pounds of muscle if you got to get up to ten fifteen to two fifteen. And as you said, it is a speed game now. Yeah, he has that, and he can rush the passer. You can move and because if for the safety, he's gonna have the coverage skills. You can yep. use him in multiple different ways. Uh, I still fully expect him to be probably hand in the dirt on some third, third down, down yeah. pass packages, or maybe you just use him in all kind of twists and stunts, right? So, like, I yeah, I think I I think the Marcel Brooks moves make a lot of sense, especially in a four three. Where is that is that playmaking? Because as you were as we're, we're discussing yeah, right now, we're great, but yeah. uh, Ogeron talks about playing two high safeties. Like, is there gonna is there gonna be that kind of what did what did Dave call it? The Joker. What was his kind of do-it-all safety playmaker, quarter. the Grant Delpit quarter, role? Yeah. Quarter. Okay, there you go. So he calls yeah. it the quarter safety. Is that even going to exist in this new defense? We don't know. We don't know. Bo Pelini will have similar concepts. But, yeah, we, we flat out don't know. And the last thing I'll say about Brooks is Ogeron did go out of his way to say, like, we the linebackers will be blitzing more than they have in the past. Like, that's, like, a big thing he's pushing on, which is going to get to I think we're going to probably end it with. It's just going to be you know, a lot of things that I think he really wants out of Bo Pelini. But, yeah, I think we're going to see more blitzing and things like that. And our point is that actually does fit Marcel Brooks. You know, having a Marcel Brooks and a Damone Clark who's also was on their cheetah package, you know, yeah. guys like that, all of a sudden you have true defensive linemen maybe stopping the run more, like we're going to get to, and then linebackers who are sideline to sideline and pass rushers. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, and it, can it, play cover. I was going to say, yeah, because Brooks and Lee, you figure Brooks should be able to match up. Yeah, and Lee, I didn't think about that. They should be able to match up with any tight end that's. You know, coming out of the backfield, even running back. So, some interesting linebacker moves. Now, uh, Brody, you saw Bo Pelini Saturday. You heard Ogeron talk. Something jumped out to you. Um, when, when Ogeron was talking about kind of the style of defense that Bo Pelini yeah. is bringing, what, 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 what intrigued you so? Well, it's something that you and I have been very excited to watch kind of for the last, like, two months we've talked about. It, and I asked him just, you know, you know, you have, like, a gluttony of, 
of defensive tackle options right yeah. now. You basically have four starters and two defensive tackle spots. You know, how do, can you get creative with that? And I directly asked him, like, do you think we'll see Shelvin and I get together? Which is something you said on the show many times. And he got really excited about it and actually gave an answer that was even more telling than I think what he was meant to answer. Which is, he was talking about, yes, we're going to see that. Bo Pelini has that defense. And then when he w- talked about, what I thought was probably the most insight we've gotten so far about what Bo Pelini will do this year is that Bo Pelini is a much more too high safety coach than. Then, well, the way Ed put it was, then we've had in the past. But that means Dave Aranda loved cover one. He yeah. loved, which, by the way, don't get mad at that because that's what led, that's what meant uh, Grant Delpit and Jacoby Stevens flying near the box. And yeah, making no, these big honestly, plays. if anything, man, I get a little worried when yeah. I hear cover two. I'm not, I mean, I'm with I, you. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much with you. So don't, like, I don't, I'm not team necessarily the other side here. Hedging, see? Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> and. So anyway, they want to do more too high safety, and that's what Ogeron wants. And I think what will tell you this is that what he was saying is, okay, and we know what that means is that if we have two high safeties, that means we need to control the box with less numbers. And that's why he likes the idea of an Ica and Shelvin pair because that, those are two guys that are actually more athletic than we give them credit for but are massive 350-pound guys yeah. who can hold the run with less numbers. That's going to be essential if they want to get creative with that. And also, if you play too high safety, that means you can press your corners. Who are I think that's another thing I've heard Ogeron really wants is he wants to let Stingley and, and Flott or whoever the other, or Ricks, whoever the other corner is, like those guys are studs. Let them do their thing. And let them press and let them just own. Yeah. And then the safeties can kind of be like traffic Get it on their ass. Yeah. So I think it was a little, some interesting insight there is all I'm saying. Uh, and so every day we're getting a little further tidbits of what to expect defensively. Um, you know, we talk about the pressure on Miles Brennan, but Bo Pelini's got a lot of pressure on him as well. Like regardless of whatever valleys Dave Aranda had with the fan base last season, they got it right by the end and they yeah. kicked ass. In that national, and he had the benefit of the doubt of the past three years of being great. You yeah, know? yeah. We'll see. See if Pelini and then Pelini. Pelini's you know. getting paid two point three million to coach at a level. I mean, as much as I think Bo Pelini is good, he's in coach power five in seven, eight years. Yeah, being paid the second most in college football. To yeah, it's damn. Uh, so people will Pelini's get, agent take a bow. So yeah, real for real. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> I mean, but like, good negotiating, bro. The pressure will be on him quicker than it would be on Randa if things don't go well. Uh, anything jump out from Linehan to you? I, I heard he was I, I just, He's the, with the receivers. The only, yeah, that, that is what I did find in because okay. I thought the idea was that he was going to be maybe coaching the quarterbacks more. Well, they very specifically which was an interesting thing they very specifically didn't give him a position. Okay. So I think if anything it means he's going to flow around because the interesting thing with the Brady was always he was obviously very specifically receivers coach and pass game coordinator. But as the year went on and we know his role evolved, he was kind of like back and forth between receivers and quarterbacks and yeah. tight ends and like doing everything. Maybe they learned from that and was like, okay, let's actually just let him do everything. Who was the other guy that was uh, working with the quarterbacks? Russ Callaway. Yes, yes. The, Sam- the Samford OCU had a lot of success at Samford, who is now one of their top uh, offensive analysts. So, okay. I mean, he's definitely got to watch, yeah. Uh, and then he's kind of so he played quarterback in college. Yes, I don't know much about Russ Callaway to be honest. And you know we probably talked about him on the show. We have. But I have so much bullshit in my head, like I know we have, and I probably said something that sounded like I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> but I Pineapple. just probably no. It's like I read it and then I just didn't retain it. I have so much That's stupid fair. sports shit in my brain. And no, if I mean if I'm playing tequila all weekend long and dancing and doing other Mexican things, just did not. It's not helping me retain any of this information. Hey, man, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. No, I mean, if we're placing bets right now on, like, which analyst do you think will, like, go achieve something? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if we're doing that game, I think Russ Calway probably my first pick, just on what I've heard about him, learned about him. So Yeah, yeah. so Joe Brady who? 
Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the that's the that's away. the hill we want to die on. <laughs> <Yeah>. He's going <laughs> to replace Joe Brady. Uh, so I the okay, I wanted to ask you about Linehan, and then yeah, I have no, nothing new to add on Linehan. So Racy McMath was that 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 fifth guy that we talked about, that third receiver at least day one. Yeah, and I and my takeaway is this: I think he is technically. This is kind of what I said last week too. Like I think he's technically, if you're doing a depth chart right now, yeah, be the third best guy. But I have a gut feeling. Oh, well, my 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 takeaways don't get tied too much into like position. Is somebody replacing a slot? Is they replacing Justin Jefferson? What's going on? I think they're going to get pretty fluid with where guys line up. Yeah, for sure. Because like, there's no like ob- unless you want to be John Shay Kirkland or someone like that. There's no obvious like this guy's a slot. So I wonder like how much do you see Chase there? He could dominate some of those matchups. You <sighs> imagine. So uh, yeah, I think you know maybe if Chase is in the slot. I like the idea of McMath on the outside. Trey Palmer's the other one. Definitely, you got the next up on those reps. Who was obviously okay. Out. So he was right behind McMath. If Palmer I was pretty sure. Okay, and we saw him catch some really nice deep balls downfield. No pads. Don't want to make much of it. But I think Palmer's the X factor of the spring. Like he's the guy who. And Ojean even said in his press conference, which was one of my main takeaways, was you know he's listing the receivers and then he says. It's time for Trey to show us what he can do, or something like that. It was a very much like called at called arms, like yeah. You, got, you it seemed like he is the most to gain. Is how I put. Is it, I wonder. Do you think will Derek Stingley return punts again next year? That's the assumption, but Trey Palmer might. Yeah. Oh no, it was, it was just interesting because if there's one thing that Derek Stingley wasn't all world perfect at last season, the only thing was. Yeah. Returning punts. Which is then, funny because those first two games, he looked like, holy crap, this guy's the best punt returner I can remember. Yeah, you thought he was going to bust. He missed, made everyone miss, and then it just never happened again. Yeah, but uh, Trey, and then Trey Palmer, of course, in whatever game that was, like some bullshit game, uh, maybe Northwestern. But when he got that opportunity, he scored a touchdown. So keep an eye on that. Um, the other news of the day, a couple analyst hires. Yep. One of my former teammates, old Smoke, Benny Logan, Getting hired as a defensive line analyst. Benny uh, got drafted third round back in the day. I think he was in Philly for five years. Oh, wait, no, you don't like the Do you like the Eagles? I can't remember. Do you like the Eagles? I'm not an Eagles fan. Okay. But I grew up in that area, and I'm familiar. Yeah. Who's your NFL team? I'm a Bengals fan. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You just love Joe Burrow. And then uh, Damian Lewis, uh, who is apparently, I you know. D-A-M-I-O-N-E. Yeah, yeah. So not you, the offensive lineman uh, you, from LSU. Exactly, right? That's the thought there. But, no, he, he was an old uh, Miami D lineman from 01, drafted 12th overall, 10 years in the league. So, like, that's a lot of experience to bring a young D line that is kind of ready to be molded. Like, if I'm Ica, if I'm Shelf, if I'm any of these guys, I am picking these cats' brains. Because you're talking about 15 years of NFL experience between these two guys that are now going to be in staff for you to talk to. Yeah, no, I, I'm just very in, been intrigued by just kind of how they're going about some of these hires. They're just kind of different types than they maybe had in the past, you know, where it's Benny Logan's never coached as far as we know in his life. Yeah. But he's obviously a huge get. And it's just kind of like, how uh, maybe the, Kelvin Shepard, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, but then again, would you ever do player personnel before you do it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. but but he but but still, that's Shepard's eventually path. He wants to do the Kevin Falk path, like he wants to get into more traditional coaching through that. Yeah, and he yeah. had no experience. And, they just hired him. Yeah, so I just think that's interesting that it's a guy who you know maybe what we think of as an analyst role is constantly evolving because we think of it as like the guy breaking down game film and data and like all that stuff and like preparing them for every, making scouting reports for every opponent which sure he's going to do that too but i mean like it just he's not he's no background coaching maybe his role is a little different or you know Damian Lewis who he actually his background in the last few years at FIU has been like 
he's been in a player development role. Now, oh. that's a different thing where maybe he can be kind of like a mentor to guys. You know, I just think the role is constantly evolving. And, and you know that all both those guys, especially probably Lewis, that much fear can teach the hell out of some technique. Yeah. And, and you know, and they watch a lot of film. You in the NFL for that long, you watch a lot of football. So it'll be and also like how big are these staffs now? How many analysts do they have? They lost a lot. They lost I feel seven like or they eight. have like forty. So they don't because they, they lost so many. I don't know. I just I've, feel like the shadow staffs get bigger every single I, year. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with more than they had last year. But I mean, in th- they lost a lot because they just lost DJ Mangus last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we're at eight. They've lost seven or eight. So yeah, I think they're pretty close to getting. But back. let's be clear, that is also kind of the point of analysts. Nobody wants to stay an analyst for too many years. Yep. I feel like a lot of guys do that because maybe they didn't have a job going into yeah. the year, and they like, oh, you'll pay me eighty grand to watch film and like. Barely talk to guys. Set my yeah, payout sure. money if I just got yeah, fired. Yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm in it, dude. Let's I know. Do it. That's why I always found it weird this January when it's like, man, mass exodus to the LSU staff, and I'm like, they lost two coaches to bigger jobs, and then they lost analysts. You're supposed to lose analysts. Yes, it's by design. It's if you're not, not losing analysts. You're not doing good, it the right a good way. way to put it. Yeah. Um. So just a couple little. New- I actually don't have anything to add. I think it'll be fine. You know, there you go. Perfect. D line going to be even more beast now. Uh, but it is exciting because the D line is one of the most talented groups on the uh, on the team. These goddamn telemarketers keep calling me. Why don't you pick it up? Um, That'd be a fun way to answer them in the show. Yeah, sweet, right? So I, I think that is kind of the end of the show. I mean, that's that's all the spring news for the day. Wednesday next practice. Today is today Tuesday is, as we today record. Is Tuesday it. the next pre- we have practice availability at four o'clock. Oh. I'm not going again. And O speaks at six. Once again, lucky Brody, I'm going to go see the new Pixar movie Onward with uh, my daughter, and you're going to get to be out there watching Stretch and Individual and doing Prax reports and watching Miles Brennan throw on air. I'm not saying and, give me a Pulitzer. I'm saying it's an honor to be considered. Yeah? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's. Uh, I'm really excited to see Onward, though. I'm I'm, jealous. I'm probably going to see it this week at some point. Nathan Velasquez. Give me your you, review. If you listen to Off the Bench, you might uh, remember him. He just left, but he's awesome. He's a huge movie guy, and he knows me very well. And he said that this movie is, like, made for me. The Chris Pratt character basically is me. Ooh. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, I hope you, like, will leave that movie and you're just like, screw you, Nathan. Like, <laughs> that's awful. I, uh... I've heard it's a real tearjerker, too, and I don't know that any movie, 1917 and Inside Out were the movies that made me cry hardest and most last year. 1917, huh? Uh, bro, I, I, I mean, I think it's So you like just pod. saw Inside Out, like, late? No, I saw it again. I remember crying a lot the first time I saw it and loving it, but I saw it again. It's my first time seeing it post-daughter. Yeah. And it just- it, like, as, as a father, like I the, know. Like the chillins say, like the kids say, it hit different. A little bit, aha, uh-huh, this time around. Man, you are keeping up with the kids. Yep. That's crazy. What can I say, man? Cabo. Spending a lot of time on TikTok. Look at this guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I just tweeted actually before the show that if you support TikTok, you're supporting China stealing all your data. Because I read a huge Reddit thread about all the shitty things that TikTok is My doing. My counter to that is like, what data am I worried about China getting on me? Like, uh, I'm I'm more worried like, oh, in a- shit. Well, because saw... everybody's stealing your data, right? Yeah. I'm more worried in a kind of like a, uh, a, a philosophical sense. And and how that what do you got against Chinese hackers? Manipulate their own citizens and manipulate human beings and some of the you know Touché. I I care about human rights yeah it's, um it's a, and and so no, it's like, kind of a ditch you've maybe you out. don't yeah. care about like the fact that there are like concentration camps still going on today in China and things like that but you know I do 
And so anytime the government has a better ability to manipulate you, then, uh, then yeah, then they can control you even yeah, more. Yeah, but so. what about those giggles I get laying in bed when I'm hungover? You know, and they do feel kind of good. Yeah. I, like, I like the TikTok cringe subline. There's a lot of good stuff on there. But they're also I spent a lot shaming. of time on TikTok. They're suppressing fat people's videos and gay people's videos. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all it's all documented. All right. It's all documented. Send me the links. I'll send you links. Maybe I'll reconsider. It's a Reddit my, my thread stock. with links to every uh like point that he tries to make on TikTok. All right, no, I'm, I'm open minded now. Uh so making a change. Fuck TikTok, dude. That's yeah. the point. What I'm all about I, what, but I need bite. Is bite good? I don't know. I just heard someone say that the other day. I think it's like six. I know they're having videos. competitors, so maybe I'll my my mind up. I think Byte is just Vine all over again. It's like six second videos. I'm fine with that. Like. I was a Vine guy. I spent a lot of like inordinate amounts of time in college on Vine. Me like too. That. I would have a stress day. Day's tough. Yeah. I want to get away from the world. Vine was just Go little Vine. dopamine hits. Just oh. turn your brain off. <laughs> it's like you're like the rabbit pressing the button to get uh. a little pellet in your mouth. Just feed me. Feed me more. But I don't look at that as sad. I look at that as like a way to get through the world on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Okay. So this is something that I was talking to my like, mother. You and I work hard. We work. We spend yeah. a lot of time working. Yeah. And then maybe if I can find like 45 minutes between two interviews or something like that to like just turn my brain all the way all off. All the way off. That's what that's what fine is. It's all, all the way off. Dude. dude. Uh, no, it's it's – I saw so, uh, that kind of was what I was talking to my mom about yesterday. We are talking about like just like – Mental health and the rise of like anxiety and there's all these studies that anxiety all this stuff's out of control and it's because we've lost like this what this one guy calls like the space between because you know okay back in the day you're sitting at a diner you're bored or whatever you might mm-hmm. talk to the person next to you maybe you're reading a paper maybe not whatever yeah. point is now anytime you have any downtime now yes. everybody's on their phone right yeah and 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 that that That's sucks true. it sucks and I get that it sucks. But it's not going to change. It's never going to change. It's only going to get worse from here on out. Like you, out you, of the tube. Like, yeah, like you can make the decision that you personally may want to try to talk to someone, but the, the on the masses, yeah. it's not changing. So we got to adjust. We just got to figure out a way of dealing with it or making it not as sad as depre- or depressing. No, I, I agree with all that. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast the other day, which, again, constant simulation. And, but he was talking <laughs> exactly. about- Exactly. I never turn my brain off. Ever. If I walk to the bathroom, I'm like, oh, I should flip on this Audible. I should flip I on- don't it. I'm learning in that time. I think you and I use it in relatively constructive ways. Yeah. But no, but I was listening to a podcast and the guy was just talking about like, they were talking about High Fidelity, the show, the remake of the movie. It's great. It's I recommend it. It's on Hulu. What's High but Fidelity? High Fidelity was a John Cusack movie in like 2000 about a guy who runs a record store and just like huh. dealing with a breakup. But it's, it's a cult classic. Great Empire movie. Records. Not that. Oh. Also, great I, movie. I don't hate that movie. No, it's a good movie. Uh, but anyway, they made a TV show version. Anyway. So we're talking about it, and he was saying, like, it just takes me back to a time. He's like, when I was in the 90s, and, like, I worked at a record store, and I was there for eight-hour shifts, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have a phone. Yeah, All I do? did was just play music and people watch. Yeah. And that made me, like, I actually had some free time this weekend, and I just kind of, like, explored New Orleans and just, like, just kind of, like, tried to turn my brain off. Yeah. It was glorious. Just completely put away the phone. And it was amazing. Wow, look at us, man. We're going to move into the woods. Hey, yeah, you're welcome, everyone. I hope we, you can all go take, transcendentalists. A, take the valuable lessons that me and Brody have brought to you today and apply them to your own life. Should we edit this out? I'm embarrassed uh, now. No, 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 no. We're keeping it real with our listeners on The Athletic or wherever you're listening. We love you. We thank you. But you know what? Maybe next time you go to eat, just, just just put the phone away and yeah, take a little time to just enjoy the, uh, Be nice. the sights and sounds of this wonderful planet Earth that we live on. All right, that's it for this week, folks. Subscribe to The Athletic. Get your meat today, Bear Specialty Meats, specifically the Bocage location. 
And uh, we'll be back more next week with the latest LSU news, practice reports, whatever's developing here on the Hold That Podcast. Podcast. Oh, uh, rate and review. If you enjoy it, leave a five-star review. Thank All right. you. Lady y'all.